Hello there, and welcome back to the Women's Empowerment Podcast. My name is Dolores Andrew Gavin. I am a holistic life coach, an author, a podcaster, a shenanic soul care practitioner, and a mum. If you want to find out more about the work I can do, please contact my corner of the web, www.deloresandrew.com. Hello there, and welcome back to this episode of the podcast. And today I have a guest with me and we are talking about a subject that is very, very important. I have Mel Murphy on, who is a separation and divorce coach here in Ireland. You're very welcome, Mel. Thank you for having me, Dolores. Thank you very much. I think it's a great topic to, to, to bring into this podcast because, you know, even your tagline, moving you from overwhelmed to feeling at the helm. I mean, that's very empowering. And especially at a time where somebody may be going through a separation or divorce, whether they are the one that instigated or maybe not. Either way, it's hard and overwhelming, I can only imagine. So can you just explain maybe what set you on this journey and how you move, help move people from overwhelm to feeling at the helm? Yes, definitely. So even if someone decided to instigate the divorce themselves, it usually takes about three to five years before they really finally get there. So there would have been a lot of cracks in the relationship. And, and especially we're seeing now with the, the lockdown, those cracks have now become big canyons. And so a lot of people are kind of looking at each other going, hmm, how are we going to resolve this? So my own story was I unfortunately was in a emotionally abusive relationship which then turned physically abusive um, got a little bit of help from the government from from Tosla to leave that relationship and some excellent support from them actually um, and it was a difficult ride and, and like everyone you don't you don't divorce you don't, you don't marry planning to divorce right you you yes. marry and yes. you have the dream of staying together for life and and there's that, that huge disappointment and grief in the death of a marriage and it is like going through a grief process experience the same grief cycle as if you lost a loved one very close to you and um, it is very upsetting and overwhelming to people and uh, having someone there to support you who isn't biased in any way you know because you you're, if you're lucky you have close family and some close friends but sometimes um, you just need a support for a longer period of time and uh, having someone who could, who has gone through it themselves and understands and I guess I would be the only certified professionally certified divorce coach. I've done a number of courses uh, dedicated to coaching um, people who are going through separation and divorce in particular, but then I've also had over 10 years of experience as a life and executive coach behind that as well. Um, so it's wrapping all of those together on top of my own experience, which was very difficult for a number of years. Um, we spent a lot of money on lawyers because there was so much conflict going on. Um, and so we got a judicial separation. We had to, at the time, be separated for four years before we could actually go through the divorce. So after paying a lot of money, 25,000 euros um, for a wow. judicial separation, by the time it came to our actual divorce, which is almost basically a year later, um, we had actually, we were like, we just don't want to spend any more money. Um, the emotion was kind of gone from it at that stage. We'd settled into an, a rhythm with the children, we're sharing the children. 
and we actually was, did a DIY divorce in the end. So um, it's very amicable now. <laughs> and we kind of regret a lot having spent so much money and, and being so angry with each other. But, you know, when you're in the throes of that, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so much emotion from the person who, that you left. Um, and then you're also going through your own overwhelm. Um, you know, so that's why I really want to be there to help people try to avoid as much of that as possible. And sometimes it's not because the other party isn't playing uh, fair, right? But if we can uh, try and find something to avoid all that angst for so long and move you through that to the end. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I want people to know that that's very important as well because I love my life now. Um, I'm very happy. The children are very happy. You know, that's super important. And um, my ex is happy enough with his life too. And we actually get on much better now that we don't live together. Well, Mel, that's, um, a that's a phenomenal backstory, really, in all fairness, because, you know, I think sometimes, um, especially I worked in law for a long time. And and I suppose as in dealing with my with um, in my own coaching practice as well, like really empathy is so much stronger when someone has had their own journey with what their clients are coming to them with. It doesn't mean that we can't be a good coach if we haven't gone through the journey. But you know the ins and outs of every single emotion, I'm sure, that your I, I, I really come to you do. for. Yeah, I, I do feel like I can I can understand them very well because we did everything. We went through couples counselling. Um, he didn't really want to continue, but at least we tried. We did the mediation piece. Um, I understand, like I, I did work with Women's Aid a bit and I understand that the process of, it takes a long time and lots of steps to be brave enough to leave, especially in both ways, whether you're coming from an abusive background or not, but it takes so much um, courage to take that step. So I work with people who are just even in the midst of deciding on that step as well, right? Um, and I've had a lot of people come to me because I was quite open about the fact that I was um, divorced, you know, even at the kids' schools. I think people were surprised because Apparently, there's a lot of people who are maybe separated but don't talk about it, um, or people who who have been thinking about it for a long time, but are are too scared to make the move. So a lot of people have privately been coming to me for the last few years anyway, talking to me about it. So I wanted to make sure I had the right skill set and feel totally comfortable to be able to help people. That's great, Mel. So what do you think it is that, um, with your experience dealing with women about what's the biggest fear that a woman has? Um, if she is deciding to leave, let's say, an, uh, an emotionally abusive relationship? Uh, there, there's two main fears. The biggest one is really uh, the impact on the children. If there's any children in the relationship, um, they're concerned that the children won't have the same quality of life because of the finances as well. Um, they don't want to break up the family. They think it's going to be negative for the children. Um, and so they, they, they stay usually because they think it's beneficial for the children. Unfortunately, if children are raised in a situation that's fraught with uh, yelling, especially if it's physically abusive as well, it's not gonna help them in the future. Um, what they're going to do is they're gonna grow up seeing that as being normal and potentially bringing it into their own relationships in the future. Um, yeah. It doesn't do a child any good and it actually really affects their own confidence as well. So, and that's if, what they say, isn't it? You know, um, that children, they, they, they learn from what they see us doing rather than 
from what we say so that if a woman is empowered enough to take a stand in a, in a relationship that she, where she may be either being physically or emotionally abused or whatever the reason is, it doesn't have to be. And, you know, it, it may be just that the marriage relationship is broken down, that in a way, you know, by freeing herself from this situation, she's empowering her children that we have a choice. Yeah. So if you, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the children, because unfortunately, if you stay in those relationships, the, the, the person who's the aggressor is just going to continually it continued to reduce you down until you you might have a breakdown. And then when you have the breakdown, you feel like it's even harder to leave because you feel like you know the process of the court will be against you or they might try to use your breakdown against you and take the children away from you. So it's really important if you are in that, that you get out as soon as you can before that happens. Uh, and there are like those women's aid, there's, there's men's aid out there because you know it can happen to men as well where they're cut down by the women and reduced to feeling no confidence for themselves. And, you know, you can get the support, even if you're not ready to leave, you start having the conversations with the right people and start making the right moves for yourself. So if, for example, you've been out of work for a while, you've been at home caring for the children, start looking at, you know, going back and doing some courses. The government has a lot of help around that as well. Um, start seeing there's lots of people moving to online courses now or even online businesses. And there's things you can do while you're at home with the children to, to start making a name for yourself and getting on your own two feet. And that's really important for your own confidence. I love that. And isn't it a great, um, I think that's very, very, very beneficial advice for both, as you say, men or women, because that, that, that time pre-divorce or pre-separation, I mean, that must be, you know, as stressful almost as when it starts, maybe because, you know, all these conflicting um, ideas in the in your head will I won't I the ramifications you might know how your partner is going to react especially if there is abuse in a relationship and as all these things um, are you know I think to speak to somebody it must be phenomenal and I know I did hear you speak about um, communication in one of your videos and the lack of it being one of the causes I suppose for breakups and communication is so difficult it is so important could you speak to that a little bit yeah so um learning how to communicate in the language that your partner um, likes to be communicated in. So there's five love languages, one being you know, the sense of touch. So they like, they like to see that if you give them hugs or kisses or just something that's where you're touching them, that to them that shows affection and that opens, it take, takes down some walls that might have built up over that time. Um, for others, it's like something verbal. So it's like saying the I love you's or making nice comments to them or leaving little notes. Uh, for others, it's acts of service where you might, you know, uh, you know bring them their coffee or have, have make them a nice sandwich. Or if you're doing some nice acts, like let's say they hate doing something and you don't mind doing it, you do that as a service to them and show them how you care. So there's different languages of love that you can show that can help improve the communication. And um, and just another piece, and it's it's actually one of the NLP techniques as well, is looking at and kind of discussing together you know, what your values are. And there's, there's a lot of different exercises online about that. And I actually um, co-authored a best-selling book called We Summit Together, a collection of empowering stories by empowered women. It became a, an Irish Times bestseller a couple of years ago. And actually talk about values um, in my chapter inside that book and give a number of different exercises you could do around that. Um, because it's quite hard to understand what's really important to you in your life. And, and the person that you might have married so many years ago um it's probably changed to who you know now 
and and the vision you guys had together when you married might be different. You might have different things that will be more fulfilling, make your lives more fulfilling. So how do you start to discuss that together and understand, well, what, what is that other person's vision for life? What's gonna make them feel fulfilled in their lives? And especially when people get into their forties, they usually start per Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, once they're settled and are in their job and have the kids and have everything, they start thinking, well, this isn't enough. There's something else I wanna do with my life. And they get a little bit confused. I thought I had it all, but yet I don't feel fulfilled. What is it that I need to do? And that can affect the relationships as well. And the same when they become empty nesters as well. The kids have left the house and suddenly they're kind of looking at each other going, hmm, now what do we do? We were so focused on the children. Now we need to focus on our relationship again. So it's, it's understanding that and having that conversation. Um, and one of the, the other tools I use is the five years in advanced techniques. So you imagine yourself in five years time, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing together? What are you doing separately? What's really important to you? And then you come and you compare that to each other's, you do it separately and then you come back together and see, you know, where, where you need to do things separately and where you can do things together as a couple. That's very, that's very good. I think that should be something that, um, that <laughs> maybe couples should consider do, doing on a yearly basis anyway, when they get married, because you brought up a lot, a lot, a lot of points there. I mean, we are different people. We grow, we evolve as we get older. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you're in a marriage, um, whether it's good, bad or, or different, uh, any different, you know, the, the people have changed because life circumstances change us and we've all gone through some sort of a, a change in our lives to, throughout our marriage, especially for married for a good while. And, you know, I suppose that communication, maybe one person is still stuck in the past and the other has moved on. I mean, that's really where lack of communication and lack of, um, I suppose in, in, it depends on the dynamics of a relationship where, you know, especially if someone feels they're the codependent, um, they may not even be able to see their value. They don't have, have a clue of their value systems anymore. And exactly. if, they're, if, it's, if the scales are against them, then they have no idea of where they even are, their basic needs, as you mentioned, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I love working with myself, you know, their basic needs to feel like they belong are, are even being um, affected. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing a lot is actually a lot of women at the moment who are looking to leave relationships rather than just men, um, because they don't feel respected, you know, especially with the um, the balance at the at the moment where women are, are working from home, but having to do a lot of the home childcare and, and home pieces, and they just feel like the men aren't picking up the slack. And you know, it's coming to a fore where they just feel that they would rather just be by themselves and having to deal with that every day. So I think when you come to women's empowerment, it's really important to, to think about that and, and, and have a vision for yourself of where you want to go um, because you might be being so disrespected or, or not really given your light to shine. You need to go and find that for yourself now. Oh, wow. They're, they're lovely words and, it, and it's so true and I think that's going to be very helpful for anyone listening because we have a we have a right um as I do a lot of work with chakras as well as well as Maslow's hierarchy of needs using that in in my in my coaching is that we have a fundamental right to be here and to have what it is we need in order to survive but we're not taught that and you know well I certainly wasn't and I'm sure a lot of people haven't been you know if we're going through major traumas like separation or divorce we may not be like we belong anywhere and we, we may have lost our sense of self as you say we may have lost our inner light but we actually have the right to find that 
and if we have you know if um, if a partner has has almost squashed our internal light as you say we can go find it for ourselves and that's very empowering um but i know it can be difficult so is there one thing you would say to someone that well i'm sure you've lost to say but like just somebody that could be could be a little nugget of information for anyone that's really struggling to even know who they are anymore what would be the simplest thing you could say to somebody um, I think that was the, that exercise of, of just uh, imagining yourself. It was, it was also the exercise of writing to yourself when you're on your, 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 your eulogy, right? I think that's one a lot of people know is if, what would you want people to say in your eulogy? What would you want to be remembered for? Um, and I, I read actually a really interesting book about the, the top five regrets of a dying. I think it got, it was a lady who, who worked um, in palliative care with people who were, um, you know, about to, to pass away. And she got to hear the same kind of regrets from them over and over again. And um, it, I, I'm trying to remember them now, but one of the main ones was they wish they'd been able to be themselves and not worried about what other people thought. Mm. Um, they wish they hadn't worked so much um, that they had, and they wish that they had focus on their friendships and family a bit more um, and they just wish that they had followed their dreams a bit more not being too scared to do that and, and so I want to empower people to to have an aspect of that in their lives be it some kind of hobby even if they don't get it from their work because it's not always possible for someone to just jump ship right you have mortgages to pay and expenses but if you can bring it out somewhere else in your life it's it's so crucial to have live a life where you feel fulfilled Oh, gosh, absolutely. And you know, you're right there. I mean, money is probably a factor and money is so tied into our, our sense of value, isn't it as well? You know, if we don't value ourselves, we, you know, we may not be able to go out and find that job. Uh, we might think we're we're at home now and we've been at home for the last few years and we have maybe feel that we've fallen behind with um, with technology and all that. So, yeah, I mean, money is a huge thing. And, and I know that you do go go through that in your coaching with people. Yeah, because similar to the values, I then get people to say, well, those are your values and how your finances based on that. How are you spending your money? Because um, finance is another huge um, reason why couples split. It was a big factor in our relationship, too, during the 2008, you know, crash. Um, and it was like, uh, um, you know, we had bought something at the top of we bought a house that was um, at the peak of the market. And then it just was worth nothing afterwards. And there was a lot of other issues around that. So finances is such a huge area. A lot of people kind of stick their heads in the sand and don't want to talk about it because it's going to cause another row. So similar to you know, the values exercise, which might help sometimes if you have a, a counselor or a um, someone helping you through that. So you don't have too many arguments around it. Um, the same with the finance one. It's nice, sometimes good to have a mediator there um, to keep the conversation open and stop one person from walking out, running out of the room. Uh, it's so important to align your finances with the values that are important to you. And you might find that having the big house isn't actually not as important as being able to spend more time with the family or take those holidays together. And you might want to realign or having the two big cars might not be so important. Maybe it's best to have one good car and have one that's not as expensive or just, just different ways to realign your finances. So you have that breathing space to do the things that are going to make you happy in life. Because life is supposed to be fun, right? And we need to bring that fun back in. And our kids actually know how to do that. So we need to look at it, what our kids are doing and spend more time doing that too. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. And I think, you know, too, that money can be can be used um, as a powering over really by the by the person that's, you know, perceives himself out there doing the work outside the house. Um, and I think that's a huge point, too. I mean, that's difficult, I suppose, if you're up against someone that just says, well, I go to work every day you know, without me, you'd be you'd be useless. You'd have no home. And that's that can be very difficult, I'm sure, for people to um, to have to almost be answerable to somebody else. Yeah, and I think when when woman's lib happened, I think what we did is we didn't actually focus on the fact that being a homemaker is worth a lot of money, right? <laughs> I yep. mean, you're working, right? And so you deserve that money because you're doing the most important job really is is raising children. Um, and it's unfortunate that in our society, you know, those sort of that sort of front front care worker, which is now we're appreciating them all, they don't get paid for the value that they're bringing and it's the same with homemakers they are taking care of your nest really and your children and so they should really have gotten a wage for that right from the husband in a way or whoever it was who was the, the bread earner um i think that's you shouldn't feel guilty for you know having some of that money because you're working yeah because if you do if we do decide to go to work we're actually paying someone to do the job that we're doing if we're at home exactly yeah that's a tough one I know I hear you know you'd hear people talk about that and I think that's the fear that comes up so I you know it, it could have been maybe thrown at a woman that well if, if you leave me you'll have nothing because I won't give you anything but you know that's where I think this the services that you're offering are really so beneficial for women because you know as you say if you become empowered even before you start the process at least you can start maybe getting these um you know looking at these alignments and, and and getting them sorted or even if you're going through it it's never too late to start yeah and don't believe the other person what they're saying especially they'll, they'll throw at you you're gonna you're not gonna have the house or i'm gonna get the kids and you won't be able to have anything or you know and that's not true i mean there's those laws out there that protect you um so you come talk to me go see a lawyer and just get just understand i mean i, I had a good podcast this morning with a with a lawyer who went through some top tips as well and he's a lot of people just coming to him just just thinking about leaving and what are their rights and and you know it's worth going and, and just looking into that so that next time the person throws something at you and tries to press your buttons of fear you feel more protected you kind of know and even if the feedback is not so great you're like where am I going to live start looking into it I mean for a little while I lived in a a one-bedroom apartment where I shared my room with my two young children. You know, my my I lived. I was on the bottom of a bunk bed. My daughter was on top, and my son was right next to me. But you know, actually, we had a lot of fun in that little tiny apartment. It was yeah. great, and and we covered the walls in in their art, and it was, you know, very comfortable, and it was fine. It was tiny, but we were happy. And just for a little while, you just might need something like that, or you might be able to stay with some family or some friends for a little while while you just get back on your feet but just don't give up your life just from that fear so that's that's very helpful mel um would you like to share any other nlp you know i know you've shared some already so is there anything you'd like to add in that in relation to the, a tool or a technique for people well i i the other element i find really helpful is what's called the, the third chair exercise so okay. when you are caught up in all the emotions it's really good to step back and say the story, write the story down from your own perspective. So get all your emotions out 
then pretend you're talking to the other person, your ex, let's say, and um, imagine that, uh, imagine what they're sensing. So put yourself in your ex's shoes. They're listening to you. What are they thinking? What would they say back? And then put yourself um, as let's say a mediator next to you. What is your mediator as the observer thinking from this, right? As they're watching the interaction. And then put yourself almost like a fly on the wall, someone distant who can just see from a distance that can't really hear. And what are they seeing? What's the kind of body language that they're seeing? Because sometimes when you remove yourself from the emotion um, and you just watch it from that perspective, almost like you're in a movie, you get a very different view on things. So as you're kind of writing out your, let's say a separation agreement, sometimes it's good to put all your thoughts down into like what you would love in a separation agreement. Then you come back to it from that, those different perspectives of those people. And you end up with something that might be a bit more uh, accepted by the other person. Wow. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's a great exercise. Thank you so much, Mel. Mel, where can people find you? Can you let us know all the different places that you are and how best that if anyone wants to get in contact with you that they can do so? Well, the easiest place is probably to find me on divorcecoaching.com. Sorry, divorcecoachingireland.com. Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter. I'm on um, Divorce Coach Arl, IRL. Um, you can also find me under Separation and Divorce Coaching on my uh, YouTube account. And I'm also under Separation and Divorce Coaching Ireland on uh, Facebook. You can also find me on LinkedIn under Mel Murphy, Separation and Divorce Coach. So those are various places. And I tend to post different things in different locations. Um, so come visit me and um, I look forward to helping you. Uh, you can also find uh, links on those locations to book um, a free 15 minute, 15 to it ends up being about 30 minutes in the end, uh, free complimentary call with me. So if you just want to investigate what, a, what is a divorce coach anyway, because I know it's brand new in Ireland um book a 30 minute call for free with me and i'm happy to take you through it and, oh sorry one more thing i yes. also do the divorce hour so every uh you can find that through my website uh divorcecoachingireland.com i also do a uh, divorce hour every tuesday so it's just a drop in pay as you go it's only seven euros so if you have any questions you just want to check it out come on to the divorce hour. It's a Zoom call every Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. till 10.30 p.m. And I'm happy to answer any questions then. That's a, a really, really uh, wonderful offering that you have for people that Tuesday night. Um, I'm definitely going to connect with you and share uh, share and tag you in all this. Uh, on a personal note, Thanks, where is that? Thanks, Lord. Not at all. On a personal note, where is that lovely accent from? Oh, so I'm from all over the place. I actually grew up in Ireland until I was about nine. Um, so I am Irish originally, but uh, we moved around the world um, and I kind of spent some time in Canada, Australia, in America. And so it's kind of, I've been back here about 20 years, but it stayed with me. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. You know, there's something about the Canadian accent and, and, and I, it seems to keep coming up for me recently. And it's a country that I really definitely want to go to at some stage, <laughs> if we'll ever be allowed to travel. Oh, it's again. gorgeous there. I, I was, I loved it there. Yeah, it's a great place to go. Wonderful. Mel, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much. I'm I'm very happy to share your links and everything with people because I think the service that you're offering is going to be and is so important and beneficial for people at a time really when um, 
that we need to be we need to take back control whether as you say it's a man or a woman and you i presume that you 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 know you deal with men and women I do. Yeah, like I, I deal with both, actually. And also, even if you know someone who's going through a family member or a friend who's going through separation and divorce, just reach out to me. I actually have a, um, uh, a toolkit to send you. And I, it was in a second book that I co-authored, um, Activate Your Life. And it was actually a book for coaches. But I can send out um, that chapter to you if you want to just support a friend or a family member who's going through separation and divorce and know how you can be there for them. Fantastic. Mel, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. Thank you. Take care.